Hey, this is Pastor Chris Sarno from Relevant Church, and you're listening to ELC Radio. Hey girls, Chris Kane here. I am so excited. Propel Activate is coming to a city near you this fall. I know that this is going to be a unique year. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a fresh thing. And I believe you are going to encounter Him in a fresh way. Don't miss out. Be in the room. Encounter the presence of God and change your world. For more info and details, visit the Elevate Life Church Sacramento app. God is going to cause you to change and He's going to cause you to take your promised land. But you got to quit looking for a get-rich-quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when He thinks about your life, He's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. You guys ready for this? Okay, it says this. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, they are thieves and robbers, and the sheep do not hear them. For I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, your presence is here. And we thank you for blessing us and answering our sacrifice of worship today with your presence. And I know enough, Lord, to know when there's a sacrifice, you always bring your fire. Father, when we come and we obey you, you will speak to our hearts. Something will happen in this service today that is going to change and alter other, the, somebody's life in this place. You're going to awaken the goodness of God in every person and give them a vision of how their life can be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love this scripture, John chapter 10, 10. It's what my pastor uh, built their ministry on, the abundant life, and how when you serve God, it, he promises a life of abundance. It's a life where you have enough for you and you have enough to give to others. That's why Jesus said when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? It's to love your God with everything you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said it's the exact same thing. We've based our ministry on that premise, loving God and lifting others. 
We're not about you having to look a certain way, having to, you know, act a certain way. We're not just about behavior modification. Although if you do follow God, you should be following God. Can I get an amen on that? Jesus is certain places and you should be in those certain places. And, and, And so there is something to that. But the premise of the disciples that we're trying to make here in this house is people that love God with everything, not just Sunday mornings. We love God with everything. That's why we, 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 we press you to serve, get involved, do something with your life, serve the body, serve the community. We've got our trunk or treat happening uh, in a couple months. And as you heard, we're giving away $500 to the top car. Uh, we know uh, every year we just like to bless our church family for getting involved in that. And we usually have close to 1,000 families come through on that night. You say, why do we do that? We do that because this community needs a safe place to bring their kids. They shouldn't have to take their kids to Roseville to trick or treat. Oh, come on, somebody. Or to the fabulous 40s to get the big candy bars. Amen. They shouldn't have to do that. Some of y'all, oh, pastor, you've been watching my family? No, I just know how it is. They shouldn't have to do that. So what does our church do? We take on the burden to lift this, this community. You have the responsibility to do that. And so the abundant life is produced when we tap into those things. But the first part, and we started this a few weeks ago, uh, this series is called Crooks, Thieves, and Thugs, because Jesus said there is a thief out there, and there are robbers or crooks, and they have come to steal from your life. They come to steal from your life. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, if you're really one of my sheep, you don't hear their voices. Let me say that again. He said, if you're really one of my sheep, you won't listen to the thieves the crooks and the thugs. Can I just tell you right now, some of us still listen to those things. So could it be, are y'all ready for this? Gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Y'all ready for this? I gotta hurt you to help you today. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's gotta hurt you to help you. All right, so get ready. Don't be mad at me now, okay? But if he said his sheep know his voice and the voice of another they will not follow, Could it be you haven't got there yet? I know, I know somebody told you, well, pastor, my pastor told me to pray the prayer and I said the thing and I, the Lord come in my heart and I'm, I'm in. (laughs) Come on. How many times, how know what I'm talking about? So you think it's about a prayer. You think it was about one decision to make to follow Jesus. Can I just tell you, that prayer, that invitation, and we do it here and we'll do it at the end of service, it's not the end, it's the beginning. Yes, you're in, but guess what you have to do? You got to grow. You got to grow. Some of us have been in church 10, 20 years, and you think you got this down, but here's the problem. You ain't got none of the fruit. Yeah, you've been in church 15, 10 years. You can quote scripture. You know some of these messages that I teach. You just have none of the fruit that sustains what you, what you know or that shows what you know. And that's why I'm taking time because in my travels, 28 years of ministry, what I've seen is people that know a lot in their head don't have none of the fruit of what they know. And so what happens? The enemy and these voices come and they steal from you the abundant life. Yeah, you still love God, but this ain't a love issue. 
Yes, you know the word. It's not just about knowing it in your head. Jesus says it's when you know it in your heart that you can move mountains. And so we see these things, and it frustrates me as a pastor. I see it all over the world, people that go to church but don't have the abundant life. Can I tell you why? It's because church is not the goal. Church is a vehicle to help you get to the abundant life. And some of us have made it the goal. Well, I go to church, okay? But what are you getting out of the church experience? And what are you putting into it that assures that you'll get something from it as well? So the first week we start talking about one of the biggest, uh, just a quick review here. The first week we start talking about one of the biggest crooks that robs from you is dishonor towards God. Dishonor towards God. You say, well, pastor, I would never dishonor God. Well, do you tithe? Getting real quiet in this Baptist church. Do you tithe? Because that's dishonoring if you don't. It's just straight. It's, it's what the scriptures tell us, and we talked about that. Do you serve? Because if you don't, that is also a sign of dishonoring the Lord's word because he said to love your neighbor as yourself, and, and what that, what that translates in is treat others like you want to be treated. And when we leave those certain scriptures out, it's called dishonor. And we talked about that, and you can go back and, and I'll show you those scriptures uh, uh, on the podcast. You can listen to that. And, and, and we talked about that was the spirit of Cain. That was Cain's problem. Cain and Abel were two sons raised by Adam and Eve. They knew God. They knew about God. And God told them, if you're going to worship me, I need a blood sacrifice. And Abel said, okay, that's what you need. That's what I'm going to give you. Boom. But Cain was like a lot of us. Well, I know God's real. And I love God, but I just don't see it like that. Why well, I got to kill one of these nice little animals to do that? I think what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to give God fruit. I'm a farmer, so let me give God what I can produce. And so he brings to the Lord a bushel of tomatoes and chiles and, you know, uh, uh, cebolla, onions, cilantro. I'm making you hungry. I know it. He brings and he says, here, God. And God says, that's cool, but that's not what I asked for. And he blesses Abel and he says, Cain, don't get mad. If you do what I ask you, I'll bless you too. But you know what Cain said? I don't see it that way. And instead of just repenting and saying, God, I'm sorry, let me just give you what you're asking for. He began to get jealous of his brother. And that Cain spirit caused him to murder his only brother. Why? Because rather than get right with God, I'm going to blame somebody else for the condition I'm in. You ever hear people walk around talking bad about their church? Careful for those people. Well, I don't go to church no more because I used to go to this church and they did this and they did that. So I don't go to church no more. That's a cane spirit. Oh, so you mean to tell me what somebody else did is going to affect your worship unto the Lord? Yeah, right. Listen, I've been in this thing 28 years. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when I see it, I just walk around it and keep my eyes on Jesus. Guys, I had a pastor that turned out to be homosexual, had an affair with the youth pastor. 
A lot of people stopped serving God after that. You know what I did? I walked around that mess and kept on going. Because nobody else is going to take my relationship with God with their foolishness. Saved about a year, man. I was like trying to watch some TV. So I, I saw a preacher on TV. I said, oh, man, he's preaching the word. Let me check this out. He starts preaching on there, and they start sharing this need. Well, you know, we're trying to feed these kids over here, and if, and, and if you would sow into our need, I know God will bless you. I said, cool, I want to help people. Wrote a check. This was before you could just get automated, and I had to mail it off, and wrote down the address on the TV screen, mailed it off, and, and sent them a good little offering. And the very next night on Nightline 2020, was an expose on this dude and how he was ripping people off and the money that was coming in, instead of sending it to the orphans, they found the, 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 the letters of the people that were giving in a trash can in the back and they found that he had all these vehicles, these cars and went to pay for his jet. And I remember seeing that, I felt like the biggest fool ever. And at that moment, I could have just said, man, forget this thing. That's how the leaders are in this movement. Forget it. But you know what I did? I went to talk to God. I said, God, what is this? I thought you gave, you told me, I thought I felt led to give towards this thing. And God said, don't worry. I received your offering. And he said, pray for that man. Because he's coming under judgment for what he did. So you know what I did? I kept on going and kept giving my tithe and kept giving my offering. Because I'm not going to let somebody else's mess keep me from my destiny. And that's what mature people do. Can I tell you, I've had people in the church backstab me. People that I was there when their babies were being born. I was there. They were that baby. Some of their I was in a situation one time. This baby wasn't going to make it through the night. We went there. We prayed for him. He lived. Two years later, that fam, same family was slandering me in our church and talking about us and trying to get people to leave the church over it. That junk hurt. I had to get up at 3 a.m. to go pray for that baby. And that's how they treat me. Hey, you know what I do? Keep on walking. Keep my eyes on Jesus because I'm not going to let a cane spirit keep me from serving my God. Go back and listen to that message when you hear about the cane spirit, because some of us got to get rid of these excuses about about why we don't honor God. Amen. Amen. It had nothing to do with you what some other fool did. You know what that means? Have have greater wisdom. So what I learned from that evangelist, I'm real careful who I send money to, but I still will send money to somebody if God leads me to. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Uh, And maybe you've been in a church situation where something bad went. You take that information. You say, God, we're going to be real wise about where we're going to church. We're not going to put up with no foolishness. We're not going to let things go now. We're going to have wisdom. You just don't stop going to church. That's a Cain spirit. Oh, well, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to give God what he wants because Abel, I'm jealous of Abel. And man, get rid of that. Get healed. It's time you get healed up. Tell your neighbor, get over it. Amen. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, that wasn't too bad, was it? So, so listen. So the first one we said dishonor towards God. Dishonor is, is when you don't obey his word. We talked about that. 
And then we moved further on in the, in the next one. Uh, the second week, we began to uh, talk about things. And the first one was dishonor towards God. The second crook and thief is an unrenewed mind. An unrenewed mind. And an unrenewed mind is a mind that is carnal. And the Bible says the unrenewed mind is an enemy to God. That means this, when you read something in God's word, your unrenewed mind will, will I'll, 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 right away, almost automatically, try to go against what God's word's telling you. An unrenewed mind can't see the things of God. An unrenewed mind will lock you in to a natural life when God's called you to have a supernatural life. Amen? God's called you to supernatural things. God called you a better life than you could get to. And that's what we've talked about is you could start getting jobs that you don't qualify for. You start living in houses that someone like you ain't supposed to live in. Someone like you might be, you know, you think, oh, I'm just, the, the, I'll cut that lawn. But God says, no, I don't want you just cutting that lawn. I want you living in the house. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. And somebody, I, I've talked with, well, people don't me. That don't happen to, for people like me. That's where God comes in. And he gives you the supernatural life. Amen. So we talked about an unrenewed mind, how important it is to get your mind renewed. Come to church and don't just listen to me. Write stuff down. Hint, hint. Oh, I don't have a pen. Don't give me that. It's 2019. You got a phone. You don't write anyway. When was the last time you wrote something? Some of the kids are like yesterday, school. But the rest of us don't even use pens anymore. You just take your phone out, jot it down, write it down. Man, screenshot the notes. You don't even have to do, you don't have to write nothing. But here's the point. Take some notes, write some stuff down so you can learn some stuff. Amen? So why? So we can renew our minds. Because remember, God's ways are not our ways. So we've got to learn his ways. His ways are going to seem silly. That's why you got to quit listening to family members that don't know what they're talking about. They mad because you come into this kind of church and you left the Catholic church. They mad about you not going to the church that they don't go to. They never go there. Christmas, maybe Easter. And they mad. They, oh, well, you, that's not a Catholic church. Why are you going to that church? What do you care, grandma? You don't go to that church either. It's true. It's true. People living under that pressure. Are you coming into church feeling this guilt? Like, oh, man, my grandmother's probably rolling over in her grave. Well, if, my, if my mom only knew. Man, don't even worry because they wasn't going anyway. Let's keep going. Number three. We're talking about crooks, thieves, and thugs. This next one here is a thug. Amen? Anybody ever met a thug? Thug is somebody that'll punk you. Give me your lunch money. What? They come up to you in the lunch line and be like, What's, what do we got for lunch? And you're like, we? My mommy made this for me. That's a thug. He'll come push up on you. Look at your shoes. Got the Jordans on today. You don't wear these in front of a thug, right? Right? Come on. You get Debo'd. Remember Debo and Friday? I know my people. I know y'all know it was on the other night. What they have to do? Oh, there's Debo. Hide the chain. Hide the chain. Put the chain away. Take the watch off. Because you don't go around thugs with nice stuff. And there's girl thugs, too. 
Right. You better sit extra close to your man. Because them girl thugs, they come in looking for whose man can I take? Right. Isn't that right? Somebody sounds like they had their man took it. That's what that was. You should have finished that with again. They wouldn't have took it again. They ain't taking my man again. I'm just messing. But, 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 but guys, guys, listen, we know people like that, right? You know. What, what did Houdini say back in the day? Not the magician, but the rap group. Remember that song, Friends? Couldn't trust them with cheese, let alone your keys. With friends like that, you don't need enemies. Remember that? She shook your hand. She stole your man, and it was done so quick, it had to be a plan. Right? 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 So we know what thugs are. Thug guys will come in and just take what you got. Girl thugs will come in and take what you got, too. Right? So what do we do? We stand guard. We stand guard. We protect. Some of y'all scooted closer to your, to your man, and you should. Because everybody in here ain't saved yet. So this thug right here is called fear. It's called fear. And I say it's, it's not a thief or a thug because most, uh, I'm sorry, it's not a thief or a crook. It's a thug because most of what a thug gets by on is the threat. The thug doesn't do much but scare you to take what's yours. You know, a lot of times. Just, he'll, he doesn't have to come up and punch you and take it. He just have to come up and be like, give me them shoes. And you're so scared. Give me that lunch money. You're so scared. You know this guy's capable of some stuff. And you just give it to him. That's how fear is. Fear just kind of comes in. You can't see it. It doesn't hurt you in a, in a physical way. It just kind of comes in and intimidates you till you give up what you have. And some of you have been doing life under a spirit of fear. Everything you do is marked by fear. And I tell you right now, fear will block your blessings. Fear is a blocker. Fear will keep you from going to the levels you need to go. And so we got to deal with that fear. So what do we do to deal with the fear? Remember last couple weeks ago, we talked about what are Satan's greatest weapons? It's words. That's it. In the greatest showdown of all time, when Jesus faced Satan in the wilderness, Satan didn't come down there with these lasers or spiritual guns. It would have been a good movie, but it didn't happen like that. They squared up, and Satan hit Jesus with the words. And his words were his greatest weapon. comes to you the same way. And fear is something that affects us based on the words we think. So 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7, we got to come back from at Satan's words, not with your words. Your words can't beat Satan's words. God's word defeats the enemy's word. 
And look what 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says. It says, therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's writing this. And he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So what is this saying? If you're dealing with fear, it did not come from your daddy. It does not come from God. And if it don't come from God, I don't want it. And here's the the other thing. I don't have to take it. But some of us riddled with anxiety, just anxious all the time. Listen, panic attacks, anxiety, worry, all that stuff. God is saying this, that's not me. I didn't give that to you. Remember, God made you, sent you, and you're living with stuff that God didn't intend for you to live with. Now, some of us worry, anxiety, all that stuff. It's normal. We say things like this. Well, everybody deals with that. My mom was always like, I get this from my mom. Well, this is how my family, they're always worried about something. Come on, some of us were raised by worried moms, amen? Right? Every time you went somewhere, come on, God bless them. I'm not talking bad about them, but that stuff gets in your bones. It gets in your soul. Every time you left the house, mijo, be careful. Don't get hit by a car. Well, what? You have to give me that mental picture, mom? What? So you're walking outside, you're all like, dang. Just, mijo, be careful would have been good enough, right? But they got, they got to go that extra thing. Why? Because they're imparting that fear. And so every, some, some of it's so just afraid of everything. It's amazing. Listen, God didn't give you that spirit of fear. Get over it. Phobias and stuff. Got to be careful for all that stuff. Because it doesn't come from God and it'll rob you. As I said before, fear is a thug that'll take the promises for your life right out of your hands. Right out of your hands. God's got an incredible man for some of you single women. But you afraid to trust people. So guess what's going to happen? That fear is going to repel that man that God is trying to send you. Because you can't trust nobody. Well, pastor, the reason I can't trust nobody is because my last boyfriend had two girlfriends on the side and da-da-da. Okay. But you're going to let that past experience continue to influence your life for the rest of your life? Or are you going to allow God's word to heal you, number one, and keep you going forward? Because as I shared before, as a pastor... Man, we've been through it. Me and my wife, we've been, we've been done wrong by folks. I shouldn't even, we shouldn't even be pastoring 28 years. You see those statistics all the time. About 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. I get it. I, I, could, I could do that. But you know what I've chose to do? Be healed. And I'm so glad I didn't get off of this train. Because if I would have let the hurts of what other people have done to me, I would never have met an Eddie Cobb, a Jesse Delgado. Uh, I would have never met a Jack and Jesse. I would have never let somebody in like Willard. 
I would have never let you guys in because I'd have been like, no, I've been jacked up before. I've let somebody in before, so I, I ain't, I ain't gonna do, I ain't gonna do that again. I'm so glad I didn't. So I'm not just telling you something that I don't have to do. Listen, fear is no way to run your life. I'm sorry about what happened to you. But at some point, you got to give God that experience and you got to go on and you got to let go of fear. Can I get an amen on that? So this thug fear, the thing it's mainly after, according to 2 Timothy, is it wants to take, listen, your power, your love and your sound mind. These are three things here we need as the believer. And these are probably the three things you don't have. Power, love, or a sound mind. Now, let's look at that. Why does, why does Paul, as he's telling him, man, you got to be careful for that fear. God didn't give you that. Here's what he gave you. He mentions that because those are the first three things that are going to leave when you're under a spirit of fear. And here's the thing. Some of you were raised under a spirit of fear. That's all you know. It's almost culturally in you, you know. Every new disease that comes out on CNN, you afraid. You don't even eat the food that they're, you know, they recalled lettuce a couple years ago. Some of y'all ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't had a salad in a minute, right? But you still, well, that's why, Pastor, because everything that comes out, you think you're going to catch it, right? Oh, it's flu season. It's going around. You know, I tell people, it's going around me. I ain't getting that. Uh -uh. Keep going around me. We're so afraid of stuff. Right. And what begins to happen is that fear. Let's look what it says. It says it'll steal your love. All right. First of all, it steals your power. Okay. how does it steal your power? It steals your power because the battery of power in your life is faith. The vehicle to get power into your life is your ability to believe and act on what you believe or believe and speak. If you have fear, fear and faith cannot exist in the same space. It's like you can't have fire and water in the same vessel, right? There's my science people. Well, Pastor, if you had gasoline on the water, then you could. But you know what I'm saying. They're opposites. Water will put out the fire. Faith puts out, uh, I'm sorry, fear puts out faith. So there's no way you can be in fear and faith. You're in one or the other. And if fear has got you, you have no faith. And if you have no faith, you have no power. So we got mamas praying for their mijitos, all afraid. Oh, God. Don't let my mijito cry. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't let my mijito go to jail. And they're fearful. Now, God will hear that cry. But what you need is faith that says, God, you're with my son. You got him. I'm not going to worry anymore. I put this in your hands. That's faith. You can't have fear and faith. Some of us were raised by moms that just worried, worried, worried. Don't get mad at them. You're the one that made them worry. 
But mamas, you got to learn how to not focus on the problem, but focus on the answer. And that's Jesus. Guys, if I focused on this $200,000 miracle, I'd be a mess every day. I'd be a mess. But you know what I try to do? Focus on Jesus every day. Some morning, most of the mornings I get up like this. Whew, oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it pushes me to prayer. Okay, I better get in God's presence. Okay, Lord. Lord, you got me. You're going to do this. You're going to speak to the people. You're going to bring it in. You see, that's the battle. To keep fear out of our lives and keep faith at the center. Because where there's faith, there's power. Where there's no faith, where fear is, you don't get power. And guess what that thug just took from you? Your power to fulfill your destiny. Your power to have a good marriage. Your power to raise some semi-normal kids. <laughs> semi-normal. Come on, listen. Nobody's perfect, right? Especially when they're our kids. Amen? You, know, you guys understand what I'm saying? The power that you need to do what you're called to do, fear punks you and takes it. And now you're limited to only what you can do. That's the first thing fear takes. The second thing is what? Uh, power, love. How does fear take your love? Because fear always places the focus on yourself. You know what's destroying a lot of marriages? Fear. I'm afraid my husband's going to cheat. I'm afraid my wife won't love me. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Guess what you did? You just put yourself at the center of your relationship. And it'll never last that way. Because you are not called to be the center of your life. You want to break it down? You want to know your true position in your life? Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this because we were raised on I'm number one. Come on. We're raised on that. My generation, it was KRS-One. I'm number one. Some of y'all remember Nellie? What did Nellie say? I'm number one. <laughs> Guess what you really are? That didn't sound like Nellie, did it? That was like a DMX. <laughs> <laughs> didn't sound like him, but you know what I'm talking about. You know what your position really is? Three. Whew, I got something. Someone got shot. Oh, why can't it be two? Remember, the center is always God. Well, what did Jesus say was the second to the greatest commandment? Your neighbor. Loving your neighbor. So let's put it in context. If you're married, guess who comes before you? Your spouse. Your kids. Right? Right? So God first. Your family. And then you. You know, you know why you're miserable right now in that condition, in that situation you're in? Because you're trying to be number one. You weren't created for number one. You're created for number three. And you're in number three, you'll be so happy. Oh, my gosh, you'll be so happy. Some of you leaving good spouses over that. It ain't them, it's you. You're positioned wrong. You're getting ready to divorce this guy. He's the best thing that ever happened to you. And you're just thinking, well, he won't let me be number one. Fool, you're not supposed to be number one. 
Guess what? You will be miserable, number one. Because some of you are number one. And I feel so bad for you. That's why you got anxiety. That's why you in fear. That's why nothing makes you happy. That's why you mad at everybody all the time. Because you're trying to be number one. Get in place. Get a revelation. Okay, I get it. I get it. It's not about me. Tell your neighbor it's not about you. It's not about you. God's got to be at the center. I honor God. I live for God. Okay? I put myself, I put my family before me. All right? And then I get in third. And this is where fear comes in. But what if I don't get my needs met? What if they're happy and I'm not happy? That sounds sad enough for you right there? That's where fear starts getting in. And then you start hearing these worldly voices. Remember, you're not supposed to listen to these worldly voices. They all chime in on Facebook. The minute you post something on Facebook that's semi-sad, here come the wolves, here come the dogs. The dogs come in. You just go on there and complain a little bit and see the dogs that'll come in. The dogs will come in to lick your wounds. Just post on there. Make an experiment. Just go on there and say, I can't stand men. See what kind of dogs you get. Girl, I know what you're talking about. I'm saying, tell the truth, shame the devil. They try to bring God all up in it too. And they just come to lick your wounds, you know. We're not supposed to listen to those voices, right? We're supposed to listen to those things. We're supposed to listen to the Lord. But fear will always mess up your love. It'll always mess up your love. That's what messes up our love here in church. Jesus said, you're going to know my disciples by their love. But in most churches, guess what's happening in most churches? Not this church. Tell your neighbor, not this church. I'm declaring it in Jesus' name. Most churches, people come in and they gossip. Ooh, did you see so-and-so brought a friend to church? Mm-hmm, girl, I sure did. He was fine. Are they just friends? or What's going on there? Because I saw her bring another guy to church a couple weeks ago. That ain't love. Tell your other neighbor that ain't love. That ain't love. That ain't love. So we start backbiting, gossiping, positioning, jealousy. I want to be on that praise team. I can sing. Let me just tell you this. Can you? You see what I'm saying? All this other stuff comes in. Man, there are people that leave churches because they don't feel valued. What? When is it other people's job to value you? Value yourself, right? But we get all this, we get all bent out of shape from all this stuff because it's about you. It's about you. The church didn't do this for me. So we're mad. We're bitter. We're going to talk bad about leadership. We're going to talk bad about everybody else in the church. Why? Because the root of it is you. That's what fear does. Puts you in the center. Messes up your love. You can't love right when it's all about you. 
right? We need to make a, I need to write a book, How to Be a Good Lover. People see that title and be like, ooh, what's he got? What kind of tricks he got? That's how your mind works. See, I see you. I see you. But how to love is getting in your proper place. So it's, it's getting in your proper place. It's learning how to prefer others above yourself. And most of all, put God first. Are you getting this? And let me wrap this up. The last thing it says there that gives way to fear, it punks you of your sound mind. You're not supposed to be this crazy. supposed to have a sound mind. Some of you freak out over the littlest thing. Y'all remember when Trump got elected? Can you take a little trip back on memory lane? Some of y'all are like, the worst day of my life. <laughs> Do y'all remember people crying in the streets? TV news cameras freaking out. People going on hunger strikes. They had to send counselors out to universities because people were falling apart over a president? Oh, a pastor, yeah, pastor, that's the leader of the free world. Is it? Because the last I remember, we have a Congress and a Senate, and I had to get up on a Sunday morning and calm people down because people don't have a sound mind. And when you don't have a sound mind, the media can control it and put fear in you. And it was serious. I had people call me, pastor, you know, my family, they don't have their papers, and man, we're really scared. You remember what I said on a Sunday? I said, they haven't found your deal yet. <laughs> they ain't going to find him. They can't find Juan. Come on now. He's... We've been doing this for generations, y'all. You should have been like, Trump, yeah, right, bring it on. We dig more tunnels. No, 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 I'm just joking. <laughs> but listen, a sound mind will bring you back into a calm place. I'm not saying that was a good situation, but a sound mind says, God, it looks bad, but you're with me. And the last time I read the Bible, it said in there, if God is for me, who can be against me? Listen, I'm just giving you stuff I've been eating because I get scared too. God, what if this don't, money don't come in? What if we can't do this? What if we, and I got to eat these same scriptures just like you. I got to sit down and dine on the word. I got to rebuke fear. I got to remind myself God didn't make me to operate that way. If I'm in fear, I have no power. If I'm in fear, I can't love you. If I'm in fear, I don't have a sound mind. I'm going to be up worrying and they're going to have to give me medication for my anxiety and all this other stuff. And I just don't want to live like that. And for some of you, it's time that you don't live like that either. It's time that we punk this thug fear out of our lives. Now listen, for some of us, it's going to be hard because you're generations in. Your mom put fear in you. Your dad put fear in you. Your culture put fear in you. We live in a fear-based American society. All they got to do is put something on the news and people freaking out. Let's go back a month ago. The rainforest is being destroyed. The planet's one-third th one of the planet's oxygen is... People, people that never gave a rip. Come on. People just threw a can out their driving window. 
Talking about the environment. But not out of a place of caring. You want to know what that was? Place of fear. Am I saying we should burn the, uh, Amazon down? No. But if you got a sound mind, you can approach problems the right way. And you can never correct a problem from a place of fear. Amen? It was, it was, it was crazy. Seeing people who was posting crazy stuff and their next post was, we've got to save the Amazon. I'm like, fool, what you know about the Amazon? <laughs> well, I saw it on the news. Now you're freaking out. What's going to happen to our oxygen? Man, have a sound mind. Amen? Have a sound mind about your future. Have a sound mind about your life, but we got to get rid of this fear. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.